everyone. It's time to eat, drink, and be merry with your hosts, Lisa and Nancy. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Big Blend Radio with Nancy and Lisa. You know it is Wednesday. And it's the 1st of February. We love it. It is February. It is the month of romance. Uh, so every first Wednesday, we have Peggy Viandaka on the show with our Wine Time with Peggy show. It is all about eating, drinking, being merry, and learning about wine and what it's like to own a winery, what's going on in the vineyard, all that good stuff. Um, Peggy and her husband own LDV Winery, which is based in Arizona. The tasting room is in beautiful Scottsdale, the art city of Arizona. Mm. And the vineyard itself is based in the Chiricahua foothills in southeast Arizona. Arizona. So we always get to find out what's happening in the vineyard. I encourage you to go to their website, ldvwinery.com. So happy, Pe- I was going to say happy, happy Peggy day. <laughs> happy February, <laughs> Peggy. How are you? I, I am need doing wine. Great. Yes, you need wine. Yeah. It's, yes. It, it definitely is the, the month of romance and lots yeah. of wine. So okay. glad to be here. So romance mm. in the vineyard. Ooh, we want little cupids stories. are out there. Ooh, yeah, yes. yeah. <laughs> so you guys must be getting real busy in the tasting room right now with, you know, February being like Arizona's, I think that's one of the most visited times, right? Absolutely. I mean, right now we, well, we have the Super Bowl in two weeks in, uh, or in February, we have the Super Bowl. We have, um, uh, Barrett Jackson's car auction, one of the largest car auctions that right. brings thousands and thousands of people to Arizona. We have um, obviously the Arabian Horse Show, which is it's around Valentine's Day, which is mm. brings a lot of people. And it's just high tourism season. It's the place to be this year, particularly. Uh, we have waste management, the golf tournament that everyone wants to be a part of. So it's the place to be, of course. Uh, for all these events, but also just to drink wine. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> you got, I'm, in. I'm like, all right, I'll do it. I'm coming to, <laughs> you want to come see you. I know, I know. And then Valentine's Day, of course, President's uh-huh. Day weekend, all of that. Um, yeah. do, do we care about President's Day weekend? I don't know. I'd rather drink wine. Ooh. It gives us an extra day holiday. That's the thing. Be careful. Right? I didn't, I'm not saying any kind of affiliation. I'm just saying, I think we all kind of got over that, like for quite, I would say the last, I don't know. I don't, I, okay, I'm going to get in trouble. Sorry, I'll drink. Yes, just drink wine. That's just drink mm-hmm. wine. Drink wine, yes. don't talk politics. I know, I know. It's so I much think better that's safe. That's really good advice. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So President's Day, what I love about President's Day is that it's a long weekend. So mm-hmm. people get that extra day holiday. So I do love President's Day. So yes, I'm just exactly. saying, we, yeah. we love that. And, um, mm. but with wine, okay, so Valentine's Day, it's interesting in Arizona, you are warming up slowly and you're getting into that wildflower season. And from what I've heard, Arizona mm. and California are going to have a magical spring with wildflowers. Yeah. yeah, with the amount of moisture that we got this year and still getting it up in the mountains, it's going to be incredible. So, awesome. um, yeah, at the vineyard, of course. Uh, we got a lot of, we got some snow, which is wonderful because it, uh, it really goes deep into the soils and gets to the roots. So having mm. that bit of snow at the vineyard has been very helpful and it will be very positive for the vines, which is oh, great. Nice. 
Yeah. So do you get more water out there this year too with the rain? We did. We, I think we did a little bit percentage. I don't recall exactly how much, but, and, and we still might get another uh, snowfall, you know, this time of year, it's unpredictable. It's not on the for, near forecast, but it, we may see it again this year. So, um, which is great for our water bills. So we've turned off the irrigation and, and just let mother nature uh, feed the vines with water. I hope the Colorado oh, River cool. gets a lot of water this year. Yeah. Well, you know, it needs that's, to. It needs yeah. to. Yeah. But Absolutely. Um, what's, uh, what we're doing this time of year in the vineyard, which isn't a whole heck of a lot, but, you know, we have to do the winter pruning. So we typically start in January. Some people, some other vineyards might start a little bit earlier than we do, but the goal for winter pruning is really the first step in making sure that we have really healthy vines in the growing season. So what we like to do is cut all of last year's growth off the vine and we prune to, so our vines are single cordons. So they grow, you know, like that one way. So they go up and then across. And when those vines when that um, branch goes across, we wanna uh, cut it back to three or eight different positions on that cordon, it's called. And those positions are so important because that is where then the buds will, will um, and the clusters begin to develop from those different positions along that cordon. So we have eight different positions prune back two and what we're trying to get is two to three buds on each one of those positions so we're looking for 24 to 36 clusters of grapes per plant so this is the first time we're you know in the year that we're we're training that vine to begin to develop those grape clusters uh, later in the year. And then when you think of our vineyard, the 13 acres, that's 13,000 vines. Our crew wow. is going vine by vine and trimming back all of that last year's growth and then and um, wow. to all those positions. Probably take wow. about 10 days, I think, depending on how big the crew is going to be. Wow. It's a lot of work. Wow. Yeah, a lot of work. <laughs> Yeah. That's something why we... I enjoy doing. <laughs> yeah. You enjoy, the pruning part, you enjoy doing that? I do not. That's a lot uh, of work. Hard, hard work. No, no. Okay. That, so no for Peggy. You she would could... like to have wine and watch everybody else do it. Exactly. Right. Supervise. Exactly. Yes. Exactly. Got to make sure they're getting the positions right. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And other vineyards might do it a little bit differently than that, but that is, that's our goal for how we want to manage our vineyard. Mm. So let's talk about, you know, you're going to do pruning. Okay. But then it's now that romance month we were talking about, and you always like to do the term of the month. So you sent me the term and I'm going, Hey, little diddle, the cat diddle riddle. Uh Oh, <laughs> that's actually not the song. It's not how it goes. It's like we're riddling and I'm going, that doesn't sound good for romance, but apparently we want the riddles. Yes, we like riddling. You know, we don't make champagne or sparkling wine at LV 
though I love it and we've talked about it a lot and I know you love it also mm. um, champagne but um, I want to talk a little bit about champagne because I know a lot of uh, champagne corks are going to be popped this month particularly on, at Valentine's Day so you know um, you make champagne and only champagne it can be called champagne if it's made in the champagne region of France otherwise in, in, in the U.S. we call it sparkling wine or in, you can have it Cava in, in Spain or Prosecco in Italy, but it, it's mm -hmm. basically um, a sparkling wine or champagne. So the first fermentation begins when you're making champagne, um, the same as making stilled wine. So you convert the sugar into grapes uh, or into alcohol and you create that mm. base wine. Maybe it's Pinot Noir, maybe it's Chardonnay, depending on what the grape variety is and the type of champagne you might be making. Then it goes through the second fermentation process after that primary fermentation process occurs and you've blended it and bottled it and that second fermentation process actually occurs in the bottle and um and what you do is you take that blended wine be it the pinot noir or whatever you're using in the base wine you put a little uh, a little bit of yeast and a little bit of sugar actually in the bottle it's called i'm not good with my french but it's called liqueur de tourage basically and you did good it, as far as I'm concerned. I know yeah. it sounded good, right? So yeah. don't, all you all the all your French uh um uh watchers, uh, please don't beat me up over my French. But you put a temporary <laughs> cap on the bottle of champagne, which is called a crown cap. Um, and so basically, right now the champagne, the carbon dioxide is being trapped inside that bottle, and you age it for about 15 months just like that. And after the aging, a lot of those, um, there's ferment or there's um, leaves or, or the um, sediment that have collected in that bottle and, and you need to remove it. Okay, long way to get to the term riddling is that's ah. a way to, it's one of the steps that you transform that stilled wine into sparkling wine. And what riddling does, so after that, bottle has been aging that that um, champagne uh, riddling is part of the method champenoise or the traditional wine champagne making process and basically what you're doing is periodically rotating the bottle of champagne a quarter turn while you're simultaneously tilting it and what your the goal is every day or every periodic time frame you're turning that and tipping it so that eventually the bottle is upside down and so that sounds yeah. like me and my wine drinking mm -hmm. <laughs> after a couple <laughs> bottles of champagne you're upside down right yes but, <laughs> but what that movement of riddling every you know couple days and turn eventually getting it upside down is all that dead yeast or sediment goes into accumulates in the neck of the bottle right and mm. i said it had a temporary um core not a cork but a, a closure on it and so now you have to get that sediment remove that those particles from the bottle of champagne um, which is called disgorgement and mm. that is you basically a lot of times you freeze it 
and um, then you're able to remove the temporary cork and remove that sediment out of it and then put your cork back in so wow really in, in champagne region uh, a real a, a prized um riddler could do 20,000 to 75,000 bottles a day riddling it and wow. that that riddling process from the first time you turn it a little bit turn 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 until it's upside down can take up to six weeks to accomplish wow. uh, by, by hand. And, um, but now, you know, if you're not doing it that traditional way, there are machines that can do a whole pallet of, of riddling, so to speak, mechanically. It's something called a gyro pallet that actually moves the whole pallet that little bit over that time frame, and you can riddle a lot more bottles in a shorter amount of time. But wow. fascinating process. If you can ever tour a lot of work. house and take mm. a look at that, and uh, huh. of course, uh, Madame Clicquot, if you if you know mm -hmm. the wine, uh, Vie Clicquot, she was the one who who um, came up with that idea of riddling and and uh, disgorgement of removal of that sediment in the bottle. Wasn't she oh. a nun or no? No, there was a. I don't believe I won't, so. No, I don't know where I got something about. That's there was funny. a priest that started something about champagne and she says, no, this is how you do it. Maybe that's, yeah. there was something, there was a priest or a nun involved in champagne. Could be. Could be. I, I don't know. I, I'm not, I don't recall, but. Um, I have to yeah. look that up now. But that that is fascinating. Now, have you been to France? We have, and we, we love the champagne region and. Actually, we named our, our puppy Epernay over because we loved Epernay, <laughs> France, where so much champagne is from. So, yes, love it. We've toured Vive Clicquot and many of the beautiful champagne oh, wow. houses and, mm. and uh, got, to, cool. got to meet one of the old um, winemakers in one of the champagne houses. It's just, just worth the trip to, to really go see the champagne region. Mm. Do you see nice. uh, you and Kurt producing bubblies? Because I know you were talking last time on the show about wine trends and saying people are starting to want that. Do you see any bubbles in your future? <laughs> I don't. I don't think so, though I would love it. It just would require so much other equipment. Because, of course, we're traditionalists, so we'd want to do it the champenoise, uh, method champenoise, the traditional way of making it. And um, I wish I was younger. <laughs> <laughs> one thing I, well, I think what you, it makes you feel younger yeah <laughs> what would you say for valentine's day out of your wine selection mm. i'm going for the syrah the petite syrah i'm just going right there grenache i well, think you, too you always uh, well, do that of course and and if we're, we're switching topics to chocolate and wine, you know the the uh, big, more robust yeah. wines really are beautiful with a variety of chocolates. So yeah, mm. uh, Syrah, Syrah uh, will be incredible for your chocolates that you might want to have for Valentine's Day. So chocolate, yes. I know, you know, people do the chocolate dipped in strawberries. How do you pair that with wine? I mean, it would have to be on the white side, wouldn't it? Because of the strawberry, because well, that's two things. That you have to you're exactly with. right you know we've talked about wine and cheese pairing in the past or just pairing mm -hmm. in general and yes you have to you have to um 
think about all of the flavors that you're pairing it with. So for example, I do have a dipped strawberry. This is uh -huh. a white chocolate. I'm coming to your house. I know. This <laughs> is a white chocolate dipped strawberry. So not Ooh. only do you have, and it has sprinkles on it, purple sprinkles on it, but not only do you have to think about the white chocolate that's on it, but also the sweetness of the berry in it. So I point this out because white chocolate is very difficult to pair with. Um, it, it's creamier than dark chocolate, has... Um, not as big tannins as maybe a, a red or a dark chocolate. So you might pair this with a Moscato or mm. maybe a, a Viognier that has a little residual sugar potentially in it or a Chardonnay with a little residual sugar. But it's a, this is probably the toughest thing to pair chocolate with. Mm. It would be easier to pair this if this strawberry was milk chocolate dip or dark mm. chocolate dip. So yeah. like if it if it was milk chocolate tip uh, dipped, um, so uh, because of the sweetness of the strawberry with a the little bit of more sweetness of the chocolate, I might choose a Merlot, something a little mm. medium tannin like a or a Pinot Noir, or or even potentially a Syrah uh, could go with that dipped strawberry. You know so, that's interesting. You talk about that because even strawberries, you know depends on where you get your strawberries because half mm. of the time they're they're kind of bitter if they've been picked too early and Correct. so when they're covered in chocolate mm -hmm. if you see that white top like you know if it's still yeah. then you know it's going to be you know soak them in sugar water or something before you do it or know who you're getting your chocolate covered strawberries from exactly you know? Exactly. And February isn't the best time to be getting dipped strawberries, though everyone wants them for Valentine's That's, Day. Yeah, of course. See, listen, the <laughs> ultimate thing is to have the chocolate fountain and the strawberries and then the wine fountain. See, I know everyone's yes. talking about champagne fountain. That's fun. But I want the wine fountain. Now, I wonder what the wine would taste like with all the airing and movement of the wine in a fountain. Right. I, wonder, I don't know. Yeah, but after, after a couple of glasses, you don't really care. That's right. <laughs> I'm upside down again. Yes. Uh -huh. <laughs> and I will not be talking about politics. She's, <laughs> she's been riddled. That's what yes. happened. Riddled. She got riddled. Yes. I don't have anything. Just for the record of making comments on politics, I don't I don't like any of them. <laughs> so there, there it go. is. There so so don't send me an email of me being nasty about one or the other. So to me, I'd rather drink wine than, than watch politics. But um you know, when, when we get into, okay, now we've got chocolate. So one of my favorite, there's two, okay. When we talk chocolate, like uh, just bring it just, you know, but there's toffee, there's chocolate with um, orange. Oh, come on. Right. There's chocolate with sea salt. Now that right. to me is going to be like interesting. The chalk, dark chocolate with sea salt. That's mm. going to do pretty good with a red wine because just talking right. with some of the chefs and cooking people, they're always saying that red wine is a good way to add salt to a dish like yeah. celery yeah it's interesting um there's a couple general rules when you're thinking about pairing wine and chocolate the first one is really 
think about what you want to profile in the wine or you want to accentuate in in the wine so like in a syrah a lot of times has the um a berry or a, a fruit forward or pinot noir might have that strawberry um kind of mm. flavor to it so you might want to accentuate that in the wine and that might help you pick the chocolate to go with it um so kind of identify the profile you want to accentuate and then the more intense the chocolate so if you're getting above you know I have some dark chocolate this is 72 percent cacao rating but if you're I'm getting happy up, to see you again <laughs> <laughs> but if you're getting up to that 80 percent cacao rating then you want a more intense wine that has mm. higher tannins on it um, to be able to complement that chalk that dark chocolate I want that. Yeah. Yeah. That I sounds want the, really yes. good. And I like mm. to just say cacao. It's like Shaka Khan, cacao. Yeah. Cacao. It, cacao. Cacao. It's a good, I, it's just one of my favorite things to say, but I probably can't say it straight after too much wine. <laughs> but but there is, I mean, the chocolate, dark chocolate and wine, I think, you know, if you know, you've got to kind of know the person you're, you're serving, you know, right. if you're surprising someone, um, do they like red wine? Do, do you go with, I would go with the wine first. You know what I mean? By knowing what they like and go sure. for the wine first and then pair the wine with whatever you're going to pair it with, you know, from but the wine a, first. I say have a wine and chocolate party, you know, and they, let people experiment because sometimes mm. you stay in your comfort zone and not get out of that comfort zone, both in wine as in chocolate. You know, people say, oh, I only like milk chocolate or oh, I only like dark chocolate. But if you host them, mm and give them some options with some you know broad um, rules to follow i think it, it it'll turn them on to new pairings easily mm. what about a chocolate fondue yum yum that's always mm. great but you know mm. something to think about when you're pairing a wine with a chocolate fondue one what kind of chocolate it is. Is it milk chocolate mm -hmm. or is it a dark chocolate? And then what are those widgets that you're dipping in there? So are mm -hmm. they all, is it fruit? Is it um, pretzels. cake? Pretzels, which has salt. You know, so that's going to change um, the wine mm. pairing. The wine, for sure. Yeah, mandarin exactly. oranges with dark yeah. chocolate. Right. Angel, so, angel food cake. Right. <laughs> This is really getting dangerous. Okay, wait. So if you're doing a party, can you have mm. like, you got your different chocolates and then there's truffles and all kinds of good, you know, deliciousness. But what about like, because sometimes people do like a bacon with a dark chocolate kind of powdery kind of, you know, finish. There's chocolate can go into the meats. I'm just saying. In savory, like we could yeah. Eat it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, mm -hmm. you definitely can. I mean, cacao, particularly the the higher cacao rating, um, can mix in sauces like moles. Of course, moles oh. have mm. uh, dark chocolate and cinnamon and other kind of uh, mm, spices that seem to be, you know, more dessert related rather than savory. But yeah, you can cook with uh, a dark chocolate easily. Not so much a milk chocolate transferring yeah. to savory because of the sweetness lover level but you know what's great about there are similarities between wine and and chocolate are they're both they both have tannins mm -hmm. you know we've mm -hmm. talked about that drying effect and that 
impact it, it kind of you experience it back in in the back of your um mouth uh, that um astringency of, of mm -hmm. high tannic wines well um and it makes you pucker a little bit well chocolate has that tannins and so the higher level of cacao rating it has the higher tannin levels you know the other thing about cacao um, beans like grapes is they undergo fermentation and you ferment cacao beans in order to soften those tannins um, and and kind of round out the flavors a little bit more in the cacao um, wow. and, and the other similarity between wine and, and chocolate is that the cacao beans are naturally sweet, um, mm. like grapes. And so mm. you control that sweetness depending on, um, on the process that you make. And well, I guess I, there is one other similarity. It, uh, it's terroir based, you know, as mm. we've talked about mm. grapes are very terroir based where they're located, their environment that they are grown in. Also cacao beans are terroir based. So if you've had Brazilian chocolate versus um, a chocolate from another region, France or whatever, it will have, depending on where those cacao beans are grown, will have a different flavor to them. Wow. Nice. So mm. you could have like a global party. Yes, yeah, you, you could. could have a global party. Uh, mm. exactly. I like that. Yeah. If you're going to have chocolate and you're going to have wine pairing, you're going to have a party out of it, like a little gathering. Mm -hmm. Would you put cheese on that board too? Like, would you do some other savory kind of things? Or if you're just doing chocolate, go chocolate with fruit dipped or whatever. I, I mean, if you're really wanting to understand the differences in chocolates and the appreciation of chocolate, and the appreciation of wine, I would keep them separate mm, unless okay. you throw in something fun like dipping bacon or you know something mm -hmm. like that to see that what the the saltiness might do mm. to in the fattiness of something with the chocolate and the wine. I go well, for the bacon. <laughs> yeah, and there's a lot of uh, chocolate and chocolate is a whole art form. Mm -hmm. uh, being a chocolatier. And we know people who did uh, red wine infused chocolates and, you know, just even just um, truffles using the wine from a local winery, mm. that kind of thing. Where, exactly. um, when you talk about that terroir coming together, that's part of it that I, I think mm -hmm. is cool. If you can have that kind of partnership, you know. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's fun. So, you know. I think it's important to keep the sweetness in balance. So you don't want to have too sweet of chocolate and and uh, not so sweet of wine. So kind of keep that balance between the sweetness of the wine and the chocolate. Something to think about. Um, consider the intensity of both. You know, mm -hmm. if the intensity mm -hmm. of the chocolate should marry with the intensity of the wine. My I can't favorite. help it, but my mouth is drooling. Uh -huh. I'm trying to hold it back. I'm like, this is I love terrible. them both. Yeah. It's like, just like, oh gosh, you know, mm. that, good for us. Good for us having mm. Valentine's Day in the month of February being, uh -huh. being awesome. So this is another good way to go out and experience wine tasting, you know, and, and learning new wines is going out with like a different purpose, not just tasting the wine, but having this kind of, you know, adventure. So um, it's a good date night thing, not just on Valentine's Day, right? Um, but it's a good date, you know, and getting to know each other. And listen, single gals and single guys, there's no reason why you can't, you know, still be treated to some luxurious chocolate and wine. 
Exactly, exactly. We have a um, a chocolatier that's making some specially special chocolates for us. Some that are infused with flavors, and some that are various Ooh. dark chocolates. Ooh, so nice. Valentine's Day this year, we're rolling out a chocolate pairing on our menu every day. So someone can come in and and do a chocolate pairing and learn a little bit about uh, how to do that. Uh, little so. cupids. Little yeah. Cupid help. I know. I love it. Yeah. I love it. So everyone, uh, ldvwinery.com is the website. And um, I encourage you to follow Peggy and LDV Winery on uh, Facebook, Instagram. You're on Twitter as well. So uh, follow them there. They're always posting about events and classes and recipes and tips. And sign up for the newsletter because you do an awesome newsletter, Thank keeping you. people up to date what's going on in the vineyard, talking about wine, again, recipes, um, keeping everyone posted on the podcast as well. So ldvwinery.com is the website. Of course, we're here, bigblendradio.com. And watch for us on our new daily a big daily blend show coming up on Spotify so we can play all kinds of wine related music just for Peggy <laughs> for right. our listeners stay tuned for that and uh, of course keep up with us bigblendradio.com Peggy is here every first Wednesday because it's wine time with Peggy so thanks so right. much Peggy and happy Valentine's Day to you and everybody at LDV Winery absolutely and to you thanks so much thank you mm.